Welcome to Simply Cyber. Good morning, folks. You know what day it is? It is Wednesday. Today is December 7th, 2022. It is a Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday, y'all. We're going to get into it in a minute, but I want to welcome you to episode number 256 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize this today at work? Or if you're looking to break in the industry, it's definitely going to add value, not just from the content of the stories, the terminology, the language we're using, but also if you haven't seen network already, especially on the YouTube side, the networking is fantastic. A lot of great people up in the Simply Cyber community. Say what's up, say hello. But before we get into the news, y'all, and before we get into Worldwide Wednesday, I would like to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. You know them, I love them. Starting with Barricade Cyber Solution, Eric Taylor and the whole gang over there. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Easy to remember. Links below if you forget. This is their website right here on the screen, on the screen blue and orange. But the important part is this calendar right here. Randoc, $10 super chat. I'll talk to you about that security blue level one in a second. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Oh, thanks so much for supporting the channel, Randoc Gaming. Eric Taylor's calendars here, guys. You just pop a link, pop a time, and there you go. You're on his calendar. Easy guy to talk to. Understands incident response, dealing with ransomware threat actors, all the things that you should really have a plan in place to deal with if crap hits the fan. Also want to say shout out and thanks to <clears throat> Recon InfoSec, Eric Capuano, Whitney Champion over there. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged SecOps capability from the ground up, check out the MDR Managed Detection and Response offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, places, technology needed to deliver full-spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. You can see there Website right here, easy enough to get to. Links in the description below. 
Let's boogie, boogie. I got, we got to save time here. I want to remind you, if you hold pro professional certs that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Priest worth half a CPE, two and a half a week, 10 a month, they stack. Literally say what's up in chat. That way you're forensically documented as being here and no one can dispute that you're here. If you're live, love it. Thanks for being here. Again, since you're here, be sure after the stream is over to check out Recon InfoSec and Barricade Cyber, especially uh, Recon InfoSec's Thursday Defensive, the stream tomorrow that they do. I'll talk about it tomorrow. It's awesome. If you're Team Replay, hashtag Team Replay, thanks for catching the stream. You can jump to the news by watching for the screen to change, or you can watch us run Worldwide Wednesday because we're about to do that. We've got, looks like about two minutes and 30 seconds. Guys, if you're new here, every single Wednesday, the Simply Cyber community actually has quite a large, um, diverse community. And on Wednesday, we like to recognize that by seeing if we can go around the world. So what I would ask you to do in the next two minutes here is let us know where you're at. Let us know where you're at. And let's see if we can run around the world. All right, James Driscoll in the Middle East. James Driscoll in the Middle East. Thanks, James. We got that. UK online. Kenneth Ruff. Europe's online. Houston, Texas in the house. I'm going to call Texas its own country. Texas is in the house. Michigan's here. Hey, there's Internal Stranger. I saw you in chat. Nice Internal Stranger bringing us online. North America's online. Saskatchewan. Do love Saskatchewan and Regina. Jaw jacking up here in Denver, Colorado. Love it. What's up, Santa Clarita, California? Gulf Coast, Mexico. What, what? ATL. Love me some outcasts. What's up, Manitoba? I have Asia as Pakistan. Yato. Asia's in the house. We need Africa, South America, Central America. Where are you at? Tampa Bay, Nashville, Ontario. Woo woo. Hey, Black Knight. Good to see you, Nebraska. What's up, New Brunswick, Canada? Hi from the Netherlands. My man, Jean Van. J John Dave Reyes, Kenya, Philip Muga bringing in Africa. Africa's online, y'all. Looks like we're dismissing Central America and South America. Where are you at? India's in the house pumping up Asia. Love it. Caribbean. I'm going to give Caribbean credit for Central America. Dennis from Brazil. Guys, that took a minute. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Y'all, minute and a half. We did it. We did it. That's two for two. We are crushing. Well, actually, uh, I guess the last Wednesday was not um, in. Oh, this is perfect. I've just been presented a map chart that we can fill out while we're doing this to make it more interactive. Thank you, BSEC Mods. Always trying to up the game here. Next Wednesday, we will have a more interactive map. Guys. I want to thank all of you for letting us run around the world. Simply Cyber's community, diverse, it's strong, it's amazing, a lot of perspective, a lot of interest. Woo! Everybody take a bow. We did it. Thanks, Internal Stranger. I know you showed up just for the uh, for the Worldwide Wednesday, and we appreciate that. All right, guys, sit back, relax. We can, uh, you know, get tired from patting ourselves on the back, so let's take a break. Let's sit down, and let's consume the news. Good morning, everybody. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Are we in the age of AI-generated malware? 
We covered yesterday that Stack Overflow temporarily banned the submission of code created with generative AI, specifically OpenAI's ChatGPT. Given that the system can write code, computer security researcher Brendan Dolan Gavitt looked into if it could create malicious code. He asked ChatGPT to solve a capture the flag challenge, resulting in an output that contained code exploiting a buffer overflow vulnerability. The challenge posed represented a basic student exercise, and Dolan Gavitt noted it contained a basic error with character inputs. He cautioned that in its current form, ChatGPT may be limited in its malware capabilities, but another model in the next few years would likely be quite capable. Yep. So this is, uh, we talked about this on the stream yesterday. I showed you guys the secret weapon, right? This open AI chat GPT, right? A PowerShell. This is live right now. Write a PowerShell script that uh, creates in a, a new user in Azure. Okay. I just typed this in. I'm assuming this is going to work. This is writing code in real time. Okay. Now I think BSEC showed me a similar example in mod chat earlier, but this is, this is open AI right here. Not only is it giving you the script, but it's actually kind of giving you uh, a <laughs> context of using the script. This open AI chatbot is ridiculously powerful. Um, now the story is, you know, and I, I, I do love, this is like one of those things that wouldn't occur to me right away, but super smart is okay. Like this thing can do good. Like how can we weaponize it? I want to say, uh, I read the um, terms of use for the OpenAI chat GPT. They don't have any. You can, guys, there is literally um, nothing uh, stopping you from like creating marketing copy or creating anything. Um, they do have like a loose term of use that you're not allowed to use it for like bad purposes, but it's like super vague and it's super generic. So like it probably would like you're not supposed to use it to like not you're not supposed to use it in a way that uh, people don't realize that it was not written by a human or something like that. But um, I could see somebody wrote this to me and it's so true. Like kids in high school term papers, research papers like this thing is uh, a cheat code. OK, so being able to write malware. Yes. Now, as they said in the story, it had it did a buffer overflow and it had typing errors which by the way if anyone's ever learned to program like it, it's not because you don't understand what a for loop is or what a do while is or while do or whatever it's been a minute since i wrote <laughs> code um it, it's like the semicolon or it's the space or the tab complete or the parentheses or is, is it single quote or double quote do i have to escape a quote right that's all the crap that gets us uh hung up and the bot did it too now one thing that i am curious about um, and we'd have to look at it in here, but, uh, solve a capture the flat or solve a, um, a, um, uh, uh, a capture challenge is basically just a radio button and it wrote a buffer overflow. So here's my thing, like the buffer overflow, as far as I know, I'd have to look into it. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you can't just throw a buffer overflow at a captcha, right? Like there's only a radio button. You know, maybe there's a text field that you type your name in, but normally it's just a radio button. So you're not really throwing a buffer overflow at that. Um, but I think maybe the point is that the AI like pulled on itself to say, okay, like what is a way to exploit technology? Buffer overflow, really, really, really well known, common known, uh, kind of like not entry level, but um, it's usually the example people go to when they're trying to explain exploitation. So maybe that's why the bot did it. I find it interesting. 
Um, look for more of this stuff happening. I've already seen thread. Um, I've seen people in the community have the chatbot write phishing emails that are pretty effective and explain why they're effective. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I guess put it this way. Social engineering attacking the human is a huge attack vector, right? Um, Carl's, all the Carl's out there. And open AI is going to allow you to, you know, better attack those humans and also potentially write code. The, the, the real test of the, of the, you know, proof in the pudding is going to be when a new vulnerability comes out, like um, Felina, right? And then you ask open AI, chat GPT, hey, write a exploit in JavaScript or write an exploit in VBA that exploits the Felina bug and you get like a really well-written piece of code that's going to be a problem also again not to be um you know tinfoil hack guy but like the power of this is public domain okay usually the government and the military get in front of stuff like this for themselves right like early 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 on because it's so powerful it, it would be a um a technological advance that would give us leverage not leverage but give us leverage over our adversaries right we would be more powerful with something like this so the fact that this is public domain makes me like brah on what is possible in the uh, defense and military sectors rackspace confirms ransomware attack the cloud computing provider confirmed a ransomware attack resulted in its ongoing hosted exchange outage but described it as an isolated incident it became aware of suspicious activity on december 2nd and took measures to isolate the exchange environment it began an investigation into what, if any, data was affected and will notify any impacted customers. Its other products and services remain fully operational. No word on what ransomware group orchestrated the attack. Yeah, that's not good. Um, okay, for a second, I thought I saw Red Siege's logo in the back left here. I was like, what? Awesome. Um, okay, so Rackspace, we talked this the other day. They said that um, they ha had like an exchange outage or something for your on-prem hosted, ex oh yeah, here, ex hosted exchange out out outage described as isolated disruption. Well, come to find out it was actually a ransomware attack. Um, this is not surprising. Like I don't even get mad anymore, right? Like <clears throat> businesses are trying to deflect, 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 try to, try to, you know, get their hands around things. Maybe they didn't know it was a ransomware attack. You know, it's kind of unlikely because ransomware is usually very like overt, like, hey, I'm, I'm ransomwareing you. Um, but I will say, having learned from Eric Taylor, you know, typically ransomware, it's not, it's not like, you know, opening a Word document where it's like, doom, doom, and then like ransomware, like typically as it's moving around your environment, if it's a good one, it start, you, you start having network congestion, you start having bandwidth issues, you start having users reporting, um, you know, performance issues or inability to access resources. And then you start figuring out that it's ransomware, right? So it could be that is what's happening. Um, Rackspace is a big player in the game, so we'll see. I don't know which threat actor um, got them, uh, which kind of sucks. But if, you're, if your business is hosted on Rackspace, then you're feeling the pain, potentially having down downtime and outages again not that you want to kick a, a, a blind dog or something but if your business is hosted in rackspace you should have a pretty good contract in place with rackspace for availability five nines you know so it, it doesn't help your business but it, i would review your contract terms and make sure that you maybe have some 
you know, uh, legal mitigations to be financially made whole. This is less for the infosec people. More, this is more for like the CISOs and maybe the CIO uh, type conversations. General counsel, obviously. Um, so, anyways, Rackspace that sucks. Meta Oversight Board rules on cross-check system. Meta's Oversight Board released a report on Facebook and Instagram's cross-check system, its moderation for high-profile public figures that sends posts for human review rather than Meta's typical AI-focused moderation. The board found that while Meta maintains cross-check aims to advance Meta's human rights commitments, we found that the program appears more directly structured to satisfy business concerns. It also found the system allows content which would otherwise be removed quickly to remain up for longer periods, potentially causing harm. On average, content going through cross-check remained up for five days while under review. In one instance, a piece of content stayed online for seven months. The board recommended hiding posts in cross-check that are marked as high severity while in review, provided a separate queue for business partners and expression that is important for human rights, and set out a public criteria for being included in cross-check. All right. So I'm going to comment on this, okay? I do want to point out really quickly that uh, in Mondoc, I will um, answer your question from the super chat earlier. Um, I, I forgot what the super chat is, but I, I will answer it. I'm not, I'm not forgetting that. Okay. <clears throat> so I just want to point out really quickly, this is a um, Simply Cyber morning daily threat briefing kind of uh meta not like lol meta meta right but i just want to point out so i got a couple i knew this was going to happen at some point in simply cyber's journey so i got a couple comments yesterday on chat or in, in team replay around the stories around huawei and the cfo and um hunter biden's laptop and how i was missing the picture and how i was like i was saying things that were uh, I was being not deceptive, but like there were some comments and and my point is I'm trying, I try to make the show apolitical. I do have my own views, but I try to keep them out of the show and I try to just focus on the cybersecurity stuff. So sometimes I don't pick these stories. Sometimes they're non-cyber stories and I'll, 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 I'll briefly touch on them, but this isn't, um, you know, cross points or whatever battle points or whatever this isn't a news show okay i mean it's news it's cyber news though it's not political news okay all right now let's 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 get on okay so <clears throat> meta oversight board demands change to cross check program okay guys you've got to remember there's two things going on here one i feel like you've got a large like facebook and meta huge social media platform lots of influence lots of power and you know you want to appear to be um friendly you want to appear to be doing the right things right so by setting up this cross check program it is dude this is a lot like compliance in information security yes compliance is minimum security but sometimes you have like you you have to have a firewall to be compliant well we got a firewall right there checked but the reality is no one configured the firewall. The data just passes through. There's no ACLs in place, right? So essentially what I'm saying is the firewall is just data comes in, data comes out. There's no manipulation. There's no review. There's no nothing. But you are compliant. You do have the firewall. You can point to it for auditors. You can point to it for third-party partners who might be looking at you. If you're getting acquired and they're like, do you have a firewall? Um, um, and you could say, yeah, we got one. Okay. So <clears throat> that's what I'm thinking was happening here. Cross check probably started with the greatest of intentions. 
But in reality, Cynical Jerry thinks that more was like, oh man, we're getting all this pressure that we should do something. There's a lot of toxic posts. There's a lot of bot posts. Let's come up with a program that we can point to um, and we can use it to kind of suppress or censor or not censor. Okay, so there you go. Now, second thing, who gets to decide? This is the age old argument that I have every time these things come up. Who gets to decide what is censored and what is not censored, right? There's a human or group of humans making that decision who knows maybe open ai chat gpt will <laughs> will make the decisions at some point maybe a little bit more objective but here's the deal someone human is making the decisions on what is censored and what is non-censored and now you start introducing bias you start introducing uh individual uh agendas and, and perceptions and stuff like that so you've got to be careful this program i'm glad that there um an oversight board exists that's actually going to demand um, reviewing of this, right? I don't know if you guys read the graphic novel, The Watchmen, but like that's kind of what's going on here. This is a real life 2022 social media kind of dystopian Watchmen, this meta oversight board. Now here's the thing. Again, I don't know if it's window dressing or not. They're demanding changes to cross check. Do the, like, so that appeases everyone, right? But but do they make the changes? Are they publicly make, being transparent about what the changes are? Who's involved with the changes? That's to be seen, right? I'll just say this and then move on. Everybody can have ideas. Everybody can make plans. Everybody, like I've got a million ideas. Execution is hard, right? Execution is hard on a plan. And with something like this, you know, does Meta even want to execute on this oversight uh, change? I don't know. I don't know. But with the uh, primary, not the primaries, but the uh, main... U.S. presidential election coming, um, all the things going on with Elon and Twitter. There's going to be uh, a lot of opportunity, and we're gonna. We want. We I want this. You know, straighten out as best as can by uh, by then. So we'll see. Stay tuned for this. Okay. UK finalizes crypto regulations. The Financial Times' sources say the UK Treasury finalized plans for reforms to the cryptocurrency industry in the country. These would reportedly empower the Financial Conduct Authority to more broadly oversee cryptocurrency businesses, monitoring how they operate and advertise. The reforms would also place restrictions on selling into the UK from foreign actors. The Treasury plans to launch a consultation period for the new rules with industry actors. The overall reforms would be part of the Financial Services and Markets Bill, making its way through Parliament. And now, All right, before we get into that, first, everybody, come on, we know what's up here, right? Finfrock. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. All right. That's Charles Finfrock. If you're new here, a friend of the Simply Cyber community and a huge advocate of cryptocurrency. So he's a member. There's the uh, haircut fish with the Finfrock emotes. Stick around, guys. You'll get to meet Charles. He comes on the show from time to time. Okay, guys. So no surprise here. Uh, in the wake of Terra Luna collapsing, in the wake of FTX collapsing, $30 billion collapsing, uh, it's coming out. The new CEO of FTX, who's basically a bankruptcy guy, he, he worked Enron through their bankruptcy, is reporting that literally FTX had no no controls in place. The, the worst example of governance he's ever seen, like the kind where uh, expense reports were approved via emojis, um, SBS, Sam Bankman fried the former CEO, um, in, it required staff to use messaging systems that deleted the messages after a certain period of time intentionally to not leave paper trails of decisions and stuff like that hot mess on fire anyways people me you normal people finfrock probably 
lost a lot of money. And unfortunately, if you were really uh, all in on crypto, you could have like leveraged your house, leveraged your kids' uh, education, retirements, right? There's there's certain examples. The I think the Ontario, Canada Teachers Pension Fund was all in on FTX, okay? So that pension fund is heavily hit, if not eliminated, right? So a lot of normal, normal people are screwed, okay? There needs to be regulation. The whole idea behind crypto has been uh, perverted and exploited by threat actors, criminals, charlatans, con men, Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, rug pulls. I don't care what you want to call it. It is a dumpster fire. And we have been calling it the, well, I've been calling it the Wild West for months because it is the Wild West. There's no regulation. It's like selling someone a bridge, right? Or snake oil. Anyways, I'm not surprised the UK, they're always forward in privacy. They're always forward in protecting individual rights. They are finalizing plans for, oh, it says Wild West right here. <clears throat> finalizing plans for regulations on the crypto sector. Believe this, look for the United States to follow suit in the near term. Too many Americans got wholly hosed um, with the recent crypto winter, um, is what people are calling it in the industry. Um, a lot of bad people, man. A lot of, lot of, lot of scumbags uh, stealing people's money. So, um, I, I'm for one, I'm excited. I think it needs regulation. There needs to be oversight. Like, the fact that you can have like a trading platform like FTX and run an investment company that cannot happen in the United States through regulated businesses. It just can't happen because there's too much opportunity for con um, uh, conflict of interest, which happens. Humans get, you know, you get a little taste. Mm, mm. Great cash, homie. Get a little taste, right? And then you're like, oh man, like I could totally friggin' get loaded rich and no big deal. So anyways, long story short, 2023 is going to be the year of uh, crypto regulation. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Yep. I'm a crypto regulation evangelist. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's do the mid-roll, y'all. A word from our sponsor, PlexTrack. The best pen testing teams trust PlexTrack. PlexTrack can improve efficiency and effectiveness at every phase of your proactive assessments. By centralizing the data from all your automation tools, cataloging important reusable content for easy access, and promoting communications and visibility at every phase of an assessment, PlexTrack cuts reporting time in half and adds value between reports. Check out PlexTrack.com slash CISO series to learn why PlexTrack is the premier pen test reporting and collaboration platform. That's P-L-E-X-T-R-A-C dot com slash CISO series. All right, mid-roll. All right, guys. Want to take a hot minute. If you are getting value from this program, whether it's educational, entertainment, or a mix of the both, and you want to say thank you, take five seconds, please, and just hit the like button. It does go a long way from pushing the stream from a YouTube algorithm position uh, into, you know, YouTube will reach out to other people who have been searching for cyber-related stuff and be like, hey, did you know this is going on? But if no one hits like, then YouTube is like, oh, this program must suck. No, I don't want to tell anyone about it, okay? So just take a minute, hit the like, please. Uh, I want to remind everybody, I've got my Explore shirt on, not just Explore around the world, but also Explore a little um, insider community. Red Siege Information Security, they're not a sponsor, but they are good people. They do a, sh uh, a Zoom call that's no obligation, no nothing. It's 30 minutes of tips, tricks, 
Offensive Tradecraft, they always interview really interesting people. It looks like today they're they're interviewing the um, European, Middle East, Asia CTO of Azure Cloud and Palo Alto Networks, um, David Okiode. Now this this guy's uh, big big time executive. So it's not wicked stuffy. It's like kind of the opposite of wicked stuffy. All right. <clears throat> it's the opposite of wicked stuffy. Yeah, guys. Hey, 10 more people hit a uh, like and we got over 100. I'd love that. So anyways, if you're interested, I will try to be there today. I just started a new job. So things are kind of hectic as I'm figuring out how people do work at my at my job and expectations and all that stuff. But I'm a huge advocate of this. I will tell you about this and I'll tell you about Thursday Defensive tomorrow. So check that out. Also want to let everybody know that this Thursday, December 8th, tomorrow at 4.30 p.m., Chris Luft of Lima Charlie's coming on, Fireside Chat. Really cool guy. We're going to be talking about, um, he works at a startup. He's a founder of a startup. We're going to get all up into cybersecurity startup life. I've worked at two cybersecurity startups now. It's a different animal. So bring your questions, whatever you want to know. Also, a reminder, Advent of Cyber at Try Hack Me is going on right now. Many people, BSEC is running dailies on his Twitch stream. Check it out. Uh, Dan Reardon's doing write-ups daily on his blog. Guys, you want to talk about networking opportunities and get skills? Advent of Cyber is a fantastic. It's absolutely free. It's a lot of fun. Go play these challenges. Have some fun. Jump in chat and say, hey, I did Advent of Cyber Day 7. What do people think? It's as easy as that to network, y'all. Okay? See, Cyber Munchkin's almost Day 7 done. And I just want to remind everybody because I'm super excited about it. Day 22 of Advent of Cyber is this guy right here, two thumbs and smiling. So, Simply Cyber is going to have an opportunity to play in the Advent of Cyber. Uh, I will be working in all sorts of like hidden, hidden uh, Easter eggs. Like, uh, I'm not going to tell anyone, but there'll be Carl, there'll be Finfrock, there'll be Crypto. Uh, I don't know, Spicy. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But we'll we'll, we'll do what we can. Okay. All right. Just a reminder, too, if you want, we've got the Simply Cyber newsletter. I do this every single Monday morning. I write it on Saturday. If you want to get hot tips from me, it's literally three actionable things. You can take it and, cash, and take it to the bank. All right, guys? All right. Let's keep on rolling. But first, I really want the la-la-la-la. I mean, is it asking too much for some la-la-la-las? Here we go, y'all. Did we get 100? BSEC? I, I don't have uh, visibility on where we're at with the, with the likes. Here we go, la 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 la. All right, let's get back to the news. Get ready for the abrupt change. All right, TikTok national. I, I really don't know a better way to transition from the uh, <laughs> from the music to the news without that abrupt like, like buckle up. Because you're going to get whiplash. Security deal delayed. <clears throat> the Wall Street Journal sources say the deal <laughs> looks set for the end of 2022, but now say the review will likely drag on. Concerns now center on how TikTok could share information related to its vaunted content recommendation algorithm and the overall level of trust the U.S. would need to place in the company. No additional conditions on the deal have been sent to TikTok from the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., so a path forward remains unclear. Both sides still agree that Oracle will store TikTok's U.S. user data. Any deal would also need approval by the Chinese government, and sources say TikTok owner ByteDance has not consulted China about any potential U.S. deal yet. 
Okay, dude, so many different things wrong with this. You think for a hot minute that ByteDance hasn't talked to the Chinese government about something? I'm pretty sure the Chinese government put someone on ByteDance's board, <laughs> right? Like that's a pretty standard process is that for Chinese high-ranking officials to be placed on really important companies' boards for oversight, okay? Second of all, Okay, so yeah, Oracle signed this huge deal with TikTok to hold American data in American, like on American geo borders. Guys, like day day one, you know, like it's not impossible to copy data from U.S. data center to, you know, anywhere else data center, right? And if you want it to be like Mission Impossible 3 style, you could copy it from data center uh, in the United States to a friendly of the United States, like data center in Mexico, and then data center in Panama, and then data center in China, right? I mean, it's not, it's not far-fetched to think, is, is, you cannot stick guards, guns, and gates around the data center and be like, oh, the data's not getting out of here. It doesn't work that way. So um, I find it almost security theater that the data is stored in the United States on Oracle data center. Yeah, it is, but it... it <laughs> probably stored somewhere else that's complete speculation and cynical jerry second of all or third of all dude yes tiktok national security issues absolutely um they are you know they're they're here's the thing it's not about what you're doing on tiktok right it's about the fact that tiktok's so addictive that in tiktok bite dance china effectively can control what shows up in your feeds right so they can uh, push certain narratives, right? We just talked about Meta's oversight board and censorship and, and controlling what comes up in your feed, right? Doom scrolling, infinite scrolling. Well, if they can control, you know, like it's, it's what happened with Cambridge Analytica in 2016, right? Like they can be like, oh, like this person watches a lot of dog videos and we want a certain candidate to win because it, it helps you know, U.S.-China relations or or degrades U.S. Uh, political system or whatever. So we'll push a feed showing that the opposite candidate hates dogs, right? In order to emotionally incite you and excite you, right? So it's not about, it's not about like Jerry watches Patriots clips or whatever. It, it's, it's, it's much more macro level if I had to guess, okay? Also, um, you know, I read a report that said that TikTok in the United States, the feeds are much more entertainment and kind of brain, uh, turning your brain off and kind of chill. Whereas TikTok in China, it's more like STEM videos and educational videos and content videos. So, you know, there is a argument or uh, there's a line of discussion around, I don't want to say dumbing Americans down while using the same platform to elevate and educate uh, Chinese uh, youth but there is some reporting on that, okay? So anyways, TikTok's massive. They have a massive adoption rate. I think they make up more than 50% of social media usage in the United States. So obviously, it's in not a US-based company. So the United States is concerned with national security. No surprise here, okay? And they're trying to do something about it, but it's about it's like dragging, um, you know... Um, something through the mud it's not easy it's like dragging a, a wagon with square wheels through the mud it's it's not easy there's a lot of hang-ups the u.s government's trying okay that's that scotus rejects cybersecurity patent case the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear an appeal on a case by Centripetal Networks regarding a cybersecurity patent dispute with the networking giant Cisco. 
This dates back to a 2018 lawsuit in Virginia with Centripetal alleging Cisco infringed on network security IP. U.S. District Judge Henry Morgan ruled in 2020 that Cisco had infringed, awarding Centripetal $2.7 billion in damages and wow. royalties owed. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit threw out the award due to Judge Morgan's wife owning 100 shares of Cisco stock during the initial case, something the judge disclosed at the end of the case. The Supreme Court decided not to hear an appeal on the negation of the award. Wow. Jesus. Okay, so Centripetal got awarded all this money. The judge's wife, who rejected the appeal, it found out she had 100 shares of Cisco stock. I mean, not to downplay uh, that, but... What is Cisco stock trading at? Uh, forty-eight bucks. So a hundred. So she had less than five thousand dollars in shares, and they threw the whole court case out because of conflict of interest. Um, dude. I mean, what? Whatever. I mean, with all due respect, that's. Um, I don't even know if a hundred shares is material to report on, but it, they used it as a thing, and Centripetal. It sounds like lost. Um. $2.7 billion in settlements. This really sucks, man. This really sucks. It's like, basically, you had this huge uh, technology, this patent, whatever it was, and somehow Cisco either stole it, copied it, or invented something eerily similar at the same time, and it went to um, it went to court. It makes me wonder, too, like, when Centripetal got awarded $2.7 billion, did Cisco just not pay it and then appealed it and let the lawyers fight it out? I don't know. It's, te it's terrible. It's terrible. I would be interested in uh, what Centripetal Networks is doing now. Let's see what they're doing. Oh, they're a threat intelligence company. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if anyone in here uh, knows about Centripetal, but tough, tough, tough break for them. $2.7 billion is a lot of money. The fruit of the crypto mining problem. Security researchers at Sysdig report that it observed threat actors using the open source tool called Prout as part of its new breed of bring-your-own-file system type of attack. The tool allows attackers to create an operational environment across Linux distributions and emulates malware capabilities even when built on different architectures. We've seen cross-platform malware an increasing point of emphasis among threat actors, but this usually comes from being written in a programming language like Rust. Due to being statically compiled, it doesn't require external libraries, making deploying and obfuscating it even easier. Sysdig saw threat actors frequently using this to launch the XM rig crypto miner. Wow. Chinese threat act. Okay, so really quick, this is interesting. Um, so for blue teams, threat hunters, uh, incident responders, update your, uh, your knowledge base, I guess, and your TTPs. So they're beginning to see people now they're, they're dropping XM rig crypto miners, but that doesn't matter to me. This is interesting. So what they're doing is when, when a, when a threat actor breaks into a system, right? They don't know if it's a Linux box an Ubuntu box, a free BSD, a windows box, right? They, they've got to figure out what it is. It could be red hat Linux, but is it red hat Linux six, seven, eight, 13, who knows, right? So apparently threat actors are now bringing their own file system and kind of it's almost like it seems to me based on this article that it's like an operating system that runs on top of whatever architecture is there and it has the appropriate dependencies and, and um, you know, like, I guess, virtual kernel to kind of hook into whatever OS is underneath. This makes it very easy for the threat actor to have the same, you know, user experience, access to tools, 
be able to move faster because it's their, it's their setup. It's their situation, right? If you've ever gone into someone else's kitchen and tried to cook, it's always awkward because you're like, oh, where are the frying pans? Like, oh my God, where's the cooking spray? Do you like, like, it, oh, it's a convection oven, not a convention oven. Like it's, it, but when you have your own kitchen, you can cook like a chef. You're just like ding, 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 right? So that's basically what's going on here. It allows threat actors to move quicker. Obviously, if they're dropping their own file system on a victim machine or a host, or a server, that's going to be an artifact that's left behind uh, if they don't clean it up. So, uh, e you know, more things to see, more things to look for. I would be interested in, this seems like a big thing to bring into a victim environment. So, you know, a lot of, lot of noise, potentially a lot of TTP, not TTPs, excuse me, a lot of indicators of compromise to grab. So I'd be curious what people are seeing or if anyone has seen this in the wild. Joel Belton, uh, Eric Taylor, any, anyone who is a um, IR or MDR, if, you, if you're see more IR, the incident response, though, I'd be curious if people are seeing this. Target Middle East telcos. According to a new report from Bitdefender researchers, the Chinese-linked APT Backdoor Diplomacy began operating a campaign against telcos in the Middle East since at least August 2021. This sought to exploit the proxy shell flaw in Microsoft Exchange Server. Once obtaining access, the threat actors moved laterally across the network, conducting reconnaissance and harvesting data. Starting in February 2022, the group pivoted to using the Querion backdoor in addition to other bespoke tooling. This appears to be consistent with prior activity monitored by the group. Asset reported them operating campaigns in June 2021, targeting telcos and diplomatic entities in Africa and the Middle East. All right. Just a reminder. There we are an equal opportunity in, uh, c community over here. Let me get some music going. We are an equal opportunity community. So we uh, Worldwide Wednesday just proved that. So, guys, this is less uh, important for um, U.S.-based uh, InfoSec professionals, but we're seeing Chinese hackers targeting Middle East, also Africa. This backdoor diplomacy group is an APT, a you know, a Chinese APT. So there's pro there might be some TTPs out there. Miter attack, you could go look. Um, they're doing recon, building up an environment. Um, it, it appears that China is, you know, trying to uh, get in. Like, they're in Africa. They're in Australia. They're in the Middle East, right? They're in the United States. As far as, like, establishing infrastructure and reach. So, I, you know, I don't know what the end game is or what the objectives are of that. But just be mindful, James Driscoll. I know you're in the Middle East right now. Uh, you might want to check out um, this backdoor diplomacy report from. I guess it it says ESET, but this is another Hacker News article. Go check that out. Interesting. Some PowerShell, pretty standard stuff here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the stream today. The reason I'm kind of cutting it short, um, I just want to remind everybody at 8:45. There's a new, I'm doing produced videos for Simply Cyber the next couple days. Uh, this one is a sponsored video, right? So, I, I you know, they paid, uh, but the opinions are my own. It's going to redirect you to this. I'm going to watch this live. It's a premiere, so I'll be in chat if you guys want to do that. Uh, this is about Intizer Analyze. Uh, part of the proceeds that come from this is funding the project where I'm doing Pivot to Cyber. So Mechanic to Cyber, Rabbi to Cyber, Stay at Home Parent to Cyber, which is dropping this Friday at 8.45 a.m. So today, tomorrow, and Friday, and Monday, right after the stream ends, I'm going to be doing premieres of new video, like produce content just flying out Simply Cyber. So I hope you can join me. I'm going to jump on there right now. 
and get on in there. Guys, uh, Randock Gaming actually asked about Security Blue Level 1. If you're talking, Randock, if you're talking about Security Blue Team Level 1 certification, I have heard great things about um, this. I have heard good things about this program. It is, you do get a cert. You do get a cert. I've heard great things about this, um, but not... I haven't individually specifically learned it, but I know the industry recognizes this. I know people are talking about this in positive light, and I know that the quality of the training and the cert are quality, okay? So that's what I know about this. It's not some fly-by-night bullcrap, okay? It's legit. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to hop over. It's supposed to redirect you. Let me know how it goes. I will see you in, in the stream in a second. I'll drop a link really quickly, too. Oh, it's already live. Holy crap. Let me see this. Guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. Uh, genuinely appreciate it. Have a great Wednesday. Good job, everybody, on Worldwide Wednesday. Let's go over to the stream and have a good time. Later, everybody.